0: Cradleline Network. Borak, dog, earthless. My name is Connor, and it looks up by Fred Fox, and this is the 222nd episode of Space Spinner 2000- 2000. two, two. two. The Devil Wears Twos Tonight. A podcast where two (laughs) Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode we're covering 2000 AD for June and July 1990, progs 684 to 687. This time, the Harlem Heroes go on the run. Rogue Trooper learns the truth. Metavac Three Hundred and Eight deals with civil unrest. Judge Dread welcomes back an old friend, and Strontium Dog makes the ultimate sacrifice. Mm, spoilers. <laughs> Listen, like this is this is one of these episodes, along with uh, along with the Dead Man one, where I feel like a lot of people have been telling me that oh, I can't wait to hear what Fox has to say about this. So we're gonna see what you got to say. All
1: right. Okay. Yeah, do it. Dance. <laughs> That's a, it's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good.
0: If you want to read along with us, along you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dread, The Complete Case Files 14, Strontium Dog, The Final Solution, The War Machine, and the Judge Dread Magazine 357. Ooh. Yeah. And listen, let's get right to the uh, heart of the issue, Fox. No more uh, this bearding the lily—a pun that I've made for maybe three <laughs> prog years—in reference to what we're about to see here. By the hell. getting, listen, look back—I've I've been seeding this stuff for through one judge dread.
1: Ooh boy, man. <laughs> Things yeah. go from real bad to real necropolis. Listen, real bad to real worse. Script about John Wagner, art
0: about Carl scare learning about Tom Frame. My boy. Yeah, the Sisters of Death are destroying mega city, um, Are destroying the mega city um, as um, the actual um, co- uh, judges try to take them down. We see combat robots taking out a tank commander that killed Jeez. his own crew because of hallucinations. <laughs> and the Sisters, now giant figures looming over the city, say, "This is just a taste
1: of what is to come." It's very tasty. Uh, with justice join us
0: as we build necropolis it's gonna be dope
1: everyone's gonna get murdered
0: like comment subscribe if you like
1: necropolis (laughs) hashtag necropolis (laughs) smash that bell oh wow
0: (laughs) (laughs) then they disappear the judges Whoops. are left are left to pick up the pieces, and judges Anderson and Dread, who's actually, of course, Dread Clone Kraken, are missing. Mm. In the Tech Twenty One building, we saw last episode Kraken's forcing Doctor Munn, who we also met then, to search through Limbo to discover the Dark Judges, <laughs> but Limbo a big place, so it's taken
1: a while. <laughs> Listen, it is. you got it. It's he's used. It's the map quest of Limbo, really, right? I mean,
0: he's just yeah, he's freaking playing Battleship, just dropping pegs all through Limbo, hoping he gets a hit. You know,
1: <laughs> it's fantastic.
0: Um, yeah, this is despite the fact that Kraken just keeps knocking him upside the head with the with, 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 with his lawgiver and stuff like that. Um, the sisters watch this and call Kraken pathetic, but they can't wait for their, just for their brothers to return. So I guess he's a means to an end. Um, sure. The other. Yeah, come on. Gotta figure it out. The other lab guys come to help Dr. Munn, but the door is locked. Units are dispatched, and Chief Judd Silver can't believe the terror he's unleashed on the city. Yeah, you messed up, bro.
1: That's this a is full all face right there. All Oof.
0: you. The sisters loom over Kraken, who in turn looms over Munn as techs and robots pry open the doors. But it's too late. Figures begin to phase in, Star Trek-style. Greetings. We have come to judge you. It's beautiful. The four dark judges are here, and I love in the bottom corner to see Kraken standing in front of them being like, yes, I'm here too. (laughs) Ha ha. Darkness falls on Mega City One. A tide of humanity left the city, but soon the gates closed and the judges have all turned to the side of death. Some say Silver's taken his own life, others that he was forced to submit to Judge Death. There's also word of a new dark judge who
1: sold his soul for dark power, Judge Dread, And he's all goopy and melty.
0: Yeah, he's got kind of an evil look to him, I'd say. Like, you know, he's done the equivalent of, like, drawing, like, um, like those, like, of of, of using eyeliner, but, like, on his helmet, basically. Like, sort of, well, docking, yeah. you know? <laughs> I didn't even notice he totally did. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess it's just the same. It's the same sort of, like, veins that appear, like, visible veins, evil veins that appear on your face. If you're playing like Fable or Knights of the Old Republic and you're and your like a uh, dark side meter gets too high, you know.
1: Or like when you're Dan Dare and your eyebrows just get extra long because that denotes evil in that universe. No, hmm.
0: that's heroic. That
1: that highbrow <laughs> hooks. That's the that's the symbol of the Dare family line lineage, bro. I mean, did they all commit genocide or was it just him? See, now, you're t- now we're getting into the sit, like, one.
0: It, one, it was him or them, all
1: right? <laughs> Two,
0: it was aliens, bro.
1: Come on. That's, that's not real genocide. You're <laughs> it's right.
0: Not, you know, that's a word that gets tossed around so much when it comes to space exploration, Fox, that it's lost love. all meaning, all right? You look like a fool. That's what I'm trying to
1: say. Masaka is waking. That's all I got to say. You look like a fool, all right? <laughs> Not not my boy Dan Dare, all right? Oh, Whatever. God. <laughs> what a weird situation I put myself in. All right. <laughs> Space politics, man. They get hot. Seriously. We see a really amazing
0: art here is the Mega City One. We see just this giant Mega City One cityscape filled with this greenish black mist. The city block dome seem to have warped into the, like the skulls and rib
1: cages of giant beasts. It's awesome. Ooh-y. I love it. It's really great. Feels like, you know, I'd give this like a 9 out of 10 so far on the necropometer. Definitely. Listen, if, uh, if, if Bob Ross had a goth phase, this is what he'd paint for <laughs> sure. We're just going to put a nice little terror dome right in that corner, right? The happy little skeleton. Um, oh. Meanwhile, on the cursed earth... A car rumbles through the landscape,
0: the sun rising and setting. The owner of the car is complaining all the way as it trumbles on, and it's being driven by the dead man, Judge Dredd! Oh yeah. Suddenly, a hairy figure tosses a rattlesnake into the open-air top of the car, and Dredd drives the vehicle off the road. This cackling figure with a rifle and grappling hook jumps down and pulls a gun on him, telling him to stay where they are? It's a woman's voice. Despite the big hair and beard, they the uh, this figure offers the pair triobite combat. You get 100, yeah. a hundred account, hundred to to run. Then she'll catch and kill you. <laughs> what do you say? No dice. Dread reveals his burnt and melted ba- badge, and this figure talks in the third person. Did this person kill Dread? If you are Dread, then you'll know our name. Dread gets three guesses. He goes for one, the amazing, foul-smelling, bearded snake woman. No. Nah. Then, Rumpelstiltskin. No. And then, the truth, former Chief Judge mcruder It's her.
1: <laughs>
0: she's been out, out here four years since she took the long walk. And now <laughs> she's,
1: she's looking real good. Yeah, all years. covered in hair and totally insane. Definitely has a beard. Definitely insane. They both notice that they're the worst
0: for wear, and Dredd com- Dred explains he's heading back to the Big Meg because the Dark Judges are back, and it's a big problem. So, Magruder figures she'd better tag along too. Hey, why not? She's got a beard now. Yeah. I mean, listen, the, the, the thing I kind of like about Magruder's beard, all right, here's mm-hmm. what I like about it, and it's that no one really mentions it. <laughs> like. <laughs> We're gonna see Magruder. She's definitely a lady. She's definitely here as a full beard. Later she'll kind of clean up and have a goatee.
1: And oh man, that's so great!
0: Like I don't think there's ever like a story that is um, like here's the tale of Magruder's beard or anything like that. Like oh, that's so cool! Like she's got one, and like that's just how it goes. She's still a lady. You still got to respect her. Like move Mm -hmm. on, you know. And I think that's that's a. That's a cool sentiment because I know definitely I've seen, um, you know, listen, fact of life, sometimes women, you know, have facial hair, you know, and they get yep. shamed for it. I don't think that's cool. No, and I think it's this not. is a weird, like, I don't know. Magruder's also, like, totally insane, so it's not the greatest of representations, but it is some <laughs> representation, which I think is nice, you know? Yeah. Yeah so what i just want to say get that out of the way all right elephant in the room i don't know how often i'm going to mention it but judge magruder bearded move on wow (laughs) wonderful <laughs> anyway, the trio, Dead Man Dread, Beardy Magruder, oh, I just did it, and a lumpy mute who owns the car ride in silence as they approach the mega city. not clear what lies there. They meet refugees, people escaping the city, telling of the skies turning black, the judges turning against the people, and citizens being touched and their souls destroyed by the sister. Sisters is a pretty good part where um, one of the citizens
1: like, oh, oh God, yeah, yeah, my
0: husband here, he got touched by the dark judge. He's probably going to die in a day or two aren't you honey aren't you gonna die in a couple days <laughs>
1: ain't you right honey ain't you gonna die yes you
0: are it's such a mega city one <laughs> mega city one really way to act, is. you know um, some folks from the Benedict, Benedict Arnold block say that Dredd is one of the dark judges now and then a ju- another judge pulls up Judge Luciano he bullies the refugees for their food and threatens to arrest them he kicks one in him. the face Yeah, listen, he's a real asshole, doing this violence, taking this stuff. Dred's never met him before, but Magruder remembers him. He used to be in the Wally squad, which is the undercover judges, but he lost his nerve and was on clerical duty in the West Wall,
1: pushing paper.
0: The citizens say there's no law out here, and Luciano gets more violent in response. He beats one of the citizens and prepares to kill him as an example when Dred steps in and says, that's enough. Luciano draws down on him, but Dread shoots his gun out of his head, hand and makes him strip off. Yeah. Kinky Dread dresses, um, um, basically uh, yells at him for leaving his post, running when the Dark Judge is attacked, and then he reveals himself as Judge Dread and tells Luciano to get out of his sight. Dread will hold on to the bike. Oh yeah, time to get all suited up. As he leaves, Magruder strikes Luciano off the judge rolls, like, You don't think you can come back? You're fired. <laughs> um, around the fire, Magruder says that Dredd took a chance not killing Luciano. But as Dread, like you said, puts on the uniform and stuff, he's put together together that crack and must still be alive and must have been broken by the Dark Judges. They wonder what they can do against him, but that won't stop them from fighting. Dread put Dread is back in uniform, but with his dead man face, he looks a lot like Judge Death. He looks like zombie Dread. It's pretty rad, definitely. But I love this moment of him putting the uniform back on mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like I think we talked about it actually in our. Um, in our audio commentary for the stallone Dread movie, that I just wish they'd made a bigger deal of that, of him, like, of, of, of when dread gets back into the city and kind of puts the uniform back on and stuff. Yeah. Because c- that's such an important piece piece of that character, you know? Yeah, exactly. But like, enough of my recriminations, I'm t- bringing up the Stallone movie constantly, like a common 2000 AD Facebook <laughs> group here. What um. <laughs> <laughs> all the time um dread magruder arrive at the shattered walls of Mega City one the blocks rising ominously behind them in black and gray dread never imagined the power they'd be up against and magruder suggests just blowing this off and heading to texas city but dread knows that those guys suck yeah they aren't gonna help us they didn't help us against uh, uh, against east meg one and the apocalypse war they'll sit this one out too
1: Man. I I do love this shot, by the way, of just a completely ravaged city. Definitely. The wall's just broken to shit. Yeah, no, I love it, too. It's this great uh,
0: panoramic view of the city. Mm. And just the the shards of the walls and stuff. Inside the city, the sisters do a morning broadcast. The sun doesn't shine here, so everything's starting to freeze over. It's like below zero. You should expect to be shot on sight by Judge Patrols. We see... Rooms full of dead people, some have ha- hung themselves, many others are shot. The sisters appreciate people who take their own lives, <laughs> since it sort <laughs> it's of really saves them out. from having to do it. Yeah. Meanwhile, we see dark judges working tirelessly to kill the people of the city one by one, like judges going to an individual city block, leading everyone out to the dark judges that then murder them,
1: Judge Kraken among them. Hey, listen, they're really hands-on people, and they want to make it very personal. Definitely, yeah, listen, you gotta, per- like, honestly, this is very similar to Judge
0: Cal with this personalized murder service, you know. <laughs> Out in- hiding in the rubble are some kids, Judge Cadets. They see other judges possessed by the sisters and explain that they didn't get hit because they're just kids, of course. Um, one of the judges starts to, cr- one of the cadets starts to cry over their hopeless
1: situation. Well, time to shame them. And another berates them from doing- for doing so. Come on, toughen up. It's kind of like if the Goonies had to survive a giant necropolis. I mean, it's very a uh, Red Dawn here, I'd say. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like a zombie Red Dawn, basically. <laughs> it would have been a better movie with a necropolis. You're right. Uh,
0: moderate. Moderate. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm fine with things not always being about zombies, Fox, <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, blah, blah. Oh, my God. Where am I? Get it together, Conrad. Yeah, suddenly a pair of figures run their way, dodging judge, searchlights. It's Cadet Giant!
1: Oh, yeah, baby. He's still alive and he's got a buddy. Yeah, he's found a kid who knows
0: a way into the undercity beneath Mega City 1, which might be their ticket to safety. Next
1: time, The Hunted. Man, glad he's back. We're getting we're getting like a a kind of a best of album here together, aren't we? Very much like Apocalypse War. I feel like uh, Necropolis is really a time for us to
0: get all the characters in one place. You know, we spent all Mm -hmm. these years building up all these different guys, and now we're gonna um, you know get them all back to sort of have a big a a, a big fight and a big multi you know story that's that's telling a couple different stories
1: at once. You know. Yeah, exactly. I know I love this kind of like you have to evade the judges themselves that have been kind of, you know, brain taken over washed yeah
0: I yeah guess. yeah i mean it's a very it's, it's always a fun thing when the judges are able to become full villains you know yeah and now it's sort of it people are fighting against them or or but also because they're so powerful it means that you just kind of had you can't get in a pitched battle with them you just have to mm-hmm. have to run and be stealthy you know it's very much like like this part feels
1: very video game i must say yeah i'm into it I'm excited to see where this goes, man. Loving the way it looks. Just overall, it looks that just like they changed the feel of the city just by yeah. colors and destruction and some rib cages thrown in once in a while.
0: Definitely, and I feel like the full colors really allowing Carlos Casca to really do some amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. in the pa- in, in in the pages here, just with color and um and how that accent is line work and stuff um to really make this dark, cold, grim Mega yeah. City One. You know, that really really to make it seem like a necropolis, a city of the dead, you know? Oh, it's great. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. On the other side of the spectrum, Fox Oh. Thrill 2, Harlem Heroes. There's an arrow ball in it for like five minutes. Yeah, listen, live it up. Uh, script robot <laughs> Michael Fleischer, art robot Steve Dillon and Kev Walker, let it about Bamboo's Georgiou. So, a bunch of gang dudes, many of them with eagles tattooed on their foreheads are getting ready to receive a shipment of drugs or whatever, but not if <laughs> the new Harlem Heroes have anything to say about it. They fly out on their jetpacks and take out the drug plane with AeroBall-themed weaponry and witty banter. They dump the pilots and the drugs in the river. Then Patrice sets the autopilot to take, it, take the plane right into the gang ba- base. Meanwhile, at a warehouse, those jerks from the company are all set. Soon the Harlem heroes are going to assassinate the president and most of his government.
1: Man, they really like that... Um like dark figure glasses and, and reflective glasses. eye kind of thing going on oh, with these guys. Yeah. That's how you know they're evil, I guess.
0: It's so, um, like, like the, I mean, I, I love Steve Dillon's art, unequivocally. Like it's, it's he, he, he's one of my favorite guys. I love his stuff. But yeah, he's re, he's leaning real heavily on the <laughs> fact that these company guys are suits who wear sunglasses, and we're just doing every light trick we can on these shades to make them look evil.
1: Like it's they happening are a lot. shadow government members, and you will address them as such. Definitely. I mean, they're called the Office. You know, that's ridiculous. <laughs> That's the
0: official name. It's not even like there's another name when they call at the office. Like no, where the CIA just, gets called the company or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, no. There's no real name. Um, the heroes are at their base in the old Harlem Heroes Arena, where they're playing arrow ball against droid replicas of the original heroes who are kicking One of their them's... asses. They admit yeah. the original heroes are better than the new ones, Fox. They admit it. It's real good. One of them's grabbing the giant's butt. Listen, got to get it on. Um... <laughs> oh, Jesus uh, Wow Trips get check- gets checked real hard And takes a break And Slice makes fun of him for it Meanwhile, uh. a super wide hover limo With the
1: president in it heads off <laughs> to a speech that all the government will be there he, Man, for as super wide as it is It is only two people in width inside I mean, everybody does have these big Again, late 80s, early 90s shoulder pads And stuff like that A
0: lot of shoulders That's fair Um Yeah, he's going to make a speech. Everyone will be there. He's going to pull the mandate of and close the office as the office listens in. And they say, ooh, I hope the office hasn't heard about this. Um, (laughs) As they look at the camera. Yeah. uh, Trips watches TV as the president arrives at the George Bush Center for World International Management Programs. Wimps. yeah, they bolded in the letters here so that it spells a wimp, which is a bit, which at the time was a very popular insult for uh, George H. W. Bush. For the record. Oh, really? I did not like, know no, that. Yeah, if you look up like George Bush wimp in like Google, you'll get a lot of like late '80s, early '90s articles talking about this is something that George Bush has to overcome in his presidential bid and wow. um, okay and administration and stuff like that. It's the uh, it's the uh, low energy of its day, or whatever else, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, the slick willy of its day, you know. Oh well. Ugh. Just popular insult. Um. Anyway, Trips turns off the TV as the office makes their plan. The president begins his address as the Harlem Heroes wait in the shadows. Oh the, man, I wonder what their plan is. Yeah, the real ones keep playing. As the fake heroes barge in on stage and throw a grenade at the president, we rule the streets. The okay. new heroes lose to the droids and Trips turns the TV back on. The Harlem heroes have brutally assassinated the president. Say, Say what?
1: Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> Thank you, Conrad.
0: Fantastic. Wow. In unison. Um, so a dude in a ponytail, skinny tie and those metal collar tip things um no. who's apparently a newscaster announces Ugh. that the heroes have killed the president and the cabinet
1: as a SWAT team with rocket launchers approaches the heroes <laughs> base. <laughs> Cuz if you're going to approach anyone's base, make sure you bring like the rocket launchers. No half measures, Fox. No, not if you're uh, not if you're in the presidency. Nah, they blow in the door and uh, the place seems empty until a uh,
0: stepped-on floor panel activates some murderous heroes' droids. Hey, why not? There does seem to be a survivor of the attack, though. He's just a random aide and we see him in a hospital bed covered in bandages except for one eye. (laughs) 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 That's the
1: truth-telling eye.
0: Yeah. Yeah, some Odin shit. Uh, He saw the whole thing. He can identify all the heroes as the fake heroes are, of course, assured that by the office that they'll get full plastic surgery and be able to escape and stuff like that. Why not? An Aeroball historian denounces the new heroes, which is pretty good. As which is what? Cut to a diner where a guy, in, where someone in a classic undercover outfit of fedora and trench coat orders a bunch of food to go, but the diner worker identifies them and calls the cops. Oh uh, dang, I think it's that one lady. Ah, the disguised figure tries being conspicuous as a police hover van shows up. They're pers- Um, She's pursued by a hover bike and quickly swings into action. It's clearly Silver, um, all the Harlem. The only one. Yeah, she takes that hover bike. I mean, don't send the person with visible facial markings under on the undercover guys. she has got a bunch of face God. tattoos. Um, yeah, so Silver takes uh, escapes on a hover bike. We see news reports of the office as the last surviving cabinet level position, I guess, taking over the government. Jesus, <laughs> all as right. Silver's bike is hit by a big gun on the. Um, on the hover van and she goes crashing out of control. For the record, like Congress, you know, various Congress dudes would come in there. They said the oh, yeah. government and the cabinet was there,
1: not the Speaker of the House or the President pro tempore of the Senate or whatever. You I know. mean, and then, and there's even like, there's just a huge list. They don't fuck around. Uh, yeah, I mean, You're maybe. kill like 20 uh, people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely there could be enough
0: cabinet, like, you know, that uh, designated survivor thing where, mm. you know, these two, these two Dudes with top, these two dudes with evil sunglasses were also cabinet level positions that weren't at the meeting or something. But you'd think you'd invite the head of the office to a speech where you're defunding the office.
1: (laughs) I guess. You know, you don't want to invite people to the party where you're where you're making it uh, Facebook official, right? Man, why fire someone if not to see their
0: reaction when they're being fired? Though, folks. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I just don't think that this dead president had the testicular fortitude to be president. Whoa, frankly, wow, wow, yeah, Throw in shots weak, at this president eight years from now, not ninety years, I guess. Whatever. Um. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, Silver's the bike gets taken out. She keeps running, heads into an auto yard as the shit as the cops give chase. Uh, The office boys are at a meeting with all the CEOs of the megacorps, and they're basically saying, hey, all you give us $2 billion a year, plus 50% of corporate profits is a license, or we're going to take you out. It's Bernie Sanders America run amok. Yeah, Um, baby. uh Silver's pinned down in the auto yard, slowly killing these pursuing cops, as Deacon and the rest of the heroes are contemplating going to get her like maybe (laughs) we should go see if she's okay nah like we can't risk ourselves but I'm kind of hungry no
1: we gotta wait Um, (laughs) I I mean even Deacon was like I'll be the only one who goes and gets her and I'm like just stop talking (laughs) luckily Silver can take care of herself
0: she drops one of those big car magnet things on a guy and kills him (laughs) suddenly though a cop gets a drop on her but is gunned down by some random dudes with guns
1: Uh, hi. I I mean, I felt like, uh, you know, I had it, I had it covered, but, uh, good thing that, uh... I mean, I won't say no, I guess. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) Next time, the gang's all here.
0: Okay. It's fine. Fine. Again, like, this is a very, like, I don't like this assassination, like, all this, uh, we've killed the president.
1: Oh, it's way, way too much. Like, I just... um, uh uh, it's too much (laughs) it's It's very much it can't decide if they had to be like this gang that they broke out to go do this drug deal getting people off the street i'm like okay i guess they're kind of like crime fighters now no they're not crime fighters it was all just now they're fugitives yeah set up and then like is there just another twist is this going to be m night shaman mania well, I feel... Yeah, I mean, kind of. Like, things are going to get a little no. twisty
0: as we go forward here. Oh, God damn it. Twisty and goaty. <laughs> all right. But uh, listen, you know, I, I don't have a transition, Fox, because I want to be respectful of this next thrill, all right? I want to show it respect, and thus we transition to Thrill 3,
1: Strontium Dog. The final this time, totally the the most final solution. Yeah, F- finale solution. Ooh, yeah. Put that e in there. It's official. Scream
0: about Alan Grant. Art about Colin McNeil. Letter about Annie Parkhouse. High above Africa, the human staff of the Doghouse satellite are led to cells as radio mutant shortwave talks to a mutant tribal leader, or maybe head of state. I don't know. Um, Their diplomats will be in contact with Upminster soon, as it seems shortwave's gotten three different countries to declare war on the UK for their mutant policies,
1: and six more to make threatening noises. I hear the mutants echo in the night. (laughs) Something, 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 something. I got nothing on this Uh, Fair enough. Um, Yeah, I guess... Um, the yeah, I, I mean, I guess the uh,
0: the team Dogs could wait for diplomacy to settle all this, but instead I they're mean, gonna head to Earth to deal with it with
1: uh, with Brother Sagan themselves. Yeah, I mean, come on, they they cut this big ship, which is technically just an orbiting base, which I guess they can just f- fly into the atmosphere. Seems to have more thrusters than you'd think for uh a, for a, 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 a space
0: station, but I, I'm not worrying about it too much, to be honest. Nah, it's awesome. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the Milton Keynes Mutant Ghetto, an armament truck rolls through the armored gate and the drivers start
1: shooting. It's Midden Face McNulty. Oh, uh, yeah, it's our boy. He's going to yeah. scream. He's going to hit some things with his truck. He's going to kind of shoot at people a little bit. Definitely. Midden Face rolls past the guards and meets with the people of the
0: ghetto. I got all these guns. Let's make trouble. The mutants don't need much convincing <laughs> and the rebellion is on. Hell yeah. Meanwhile, in an alien dimension, Johnny Alpha and Cool Mutant Feral prepare to head out. He knows how to get them off this dead world. In an hour, you'll all, we'll all be going home. But the mm. black eye, eye sockets of Johnny Alpha tell a different story. Jeez, Man. <laughs> Real grim on the alien hellscape. A few mutants wait in caves as Johnny Alpha directs Farrell on carving a bunch of magic runes onto a boulder. It seems he learned all this when he read the Lyran uh, monster's thoughts um, earlier in the story. Those those descriptions must have been real fucking precise. It's real. He's doing a real good job for direct for doing it from memory to someone, and he can't check the, look to see their work to check it.
1: Uh, Which, it's either all just a big hoax, just to like have him wait for a little while and feel important, or he's really just that good at giving directions. I mean, I think he is pretty good. Um, But yeah, the Beast approaches,
0: and Johnny tells Pharaoh to join the others. When Pharaoh refuses, Johnny punches the teen square in the face, knocking him out, and then he walks off to meet the monster. In Salisbury Cathedral, the head of the new church, Brother Sagan, is learning about the mutant-majority countries declaring war unless the final solution is ended. And I told you about this phrasing, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Like... There's no marginal difference between, like, gassing all these mutants and sending them to an alternate dimension from which they can never return. People aren't going to buy it, you know?
1: Yeah, and they're not going to be happy about it. And it really sounds very – in fact, it's exactly similar to something that has now happened multiple times in this timeline. Quite quite sinister, frankly. Yeah. Um,
0: between that sanctions and the uprising in Milton Keynes, it seems Sagan must surrender. But he says no. Instead, he calls the doghouse, only to learn that the mutants have taken Dad over too. Oh, jeez! God damn it! The station is flying low in Earth orbit directly towards the war-torn streets of Milton Keynes. Middenface recognizes it, runs to a nearby radio to make contact. The station sends a shuttle down to pick him up via rope ladder. Yeah. And we're steaming to the conclusion it's real awesome here. Oh, yeah. just hanging from the ladder with a gun in one hand. Um, I mean, he knew it, what was on the menu. He's yeah. so in. Definitely. This is this is what he's looking for. Uh, Sagan and his mother pray in the sanctuary of the cathedral, but not to God their father, but
1: to the bones of Nelson Bunker Creelman. Which I guess is the giant statue that's like looming over it. I don't know if you saw that, but it definitely Maybe, had yeah. a Creelman-esque thing looking at Could it. Could
0: be. that. I mean, you know, listen, when you're taking over government, you might as well get your own graven images made. I mean, why not? Wow. Um, the Lyran monster swoops in as Johnny Alpha speaks strange incantations and reflects on his life. He's killed many and sometimes wonder if this should have been his death, if, no. if he should have died instead. He remembers his father, Creelman, who hated him from birth. He remembers his a real father figure he had, General Arms, the mutant mm. army. He chants as the demon's claws grow close and sort of his memories sort of create this bullet time as the beast attacks him and remembers more and more things. Um, He remembers how easy it was to kill his first man during the rebellion and then arms dying in his arms. We see that classic no surrender image of a young Johnny Alpha at the height of the Mutant Rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. how a young Johnny once contemplated being executed during that rebellion, seeing the noose that would claim his life before things changed, then how he became a strontium dog, wandering the universe with his friends, killing as they as they went, the claws are close now, and Johnny thinks to himself as a killer, his friends were killer. We're killers, and we see part of the cover for this issue with Johnny Wolf and Mittenface uh, standing yeah, alone against oh. the world, going after them. We see them like like celebrating kills alone in bars, sort of at a table, like cheering with no one else around them. They drank alone, they die alone, and now we see Wolf and Johnny tied no. to the ground by Max Bubba. He remembers Wolf's death and the vengeance that he wrought upon Bubba Ugh. and his men as the chest as the claws of the monster enter his chest. All his life has been a series of deaths, a bloody journey on a path of gore that only ever led to one destination, here, now, as the Lyran monster tears into his chest and Feral screams no. God damn it. Johnny Alpha dies, and a gateway opens. The other mutants grab Feral and pull him back to reality. There's nothing we can do to him. And we notice that Feral's skin is pink here. Just go with it. Johnny's body withers and is reduced to a skeleton. Fires burning out of his hollow eye sockets. Fuck. His bones fall to the ground as the mutants escape through the portal. Still on the rope ladder, Middenface approaches Salisbury Cathedral full Rambo mode. The evil wizard Charnell tries to use magic on Midden Face, but his magic is no match for a frag grenade, buddy. Go to hell. The space station nears the cathedral as an alert for the bomb that one of the humans set on it starts to go off as a time bomb. Sagan prays desperately for deliverance from the mutants, but instead the doghouse hits the top of the cathedral and explodes, taking Sagan and his mother with it. Fuck Yeah. Fuck those guys. Fuck them all. Yeah, go. Seriously, listen. Enjoy hell, you bastards. One week later, at Stonehenge, Middenface and Pharaoh mourn their friend Johnny Alpha. It must have taken a blood sacrifice to reopen the gate, and so Johnny sacrificed himself. It all seems to work out. Everybody has a happy ending except for Johnny. It's a scunner world Let's go get a drink. The end of Strontium Dog. I'm so
1: upset, Conrad. <laughs> Listen, buddy. <laughs> I'm so fucking upset. I'm really hoping that you know it's magic. So magic reasons. Well, please bring it's, please bring Johnny back. It says um, on the bottom of the page here that it's a new
0: beginning, and we'll have a story called Strontium Dogs coming soon. That's plural, mm. but it won't start until fall of 1991, and that'll feature adventures of, with both Farrell and eventually the Gronk. Um, oh. Whoa! Yeah, it's going to be weird. I can't stress that enough. We'll also <laughs> start having solo uh, uh, comics featuring solo adventures for both Midden Face and Durham Red in the coming oh, months. Oh, rad! Okay, and um, Johnny, uh, Johnny will return in time travel adventures, both in like both in annuals and regular stories. Like, in this year's Judge Dredd annual, Johnny Alpha comes back in time with Wolf, chasing a time-traveling bounty and stuff like that. Oh, my God. But, and, like, and he'll also show up for a big Dredd crossover that we'll get in the uh, in the progs and magazine as well. Oh, what the hell? But that's very much with sort of, you know, Johnny coming back from before he died to go to a further
1: past, basically. Oh, what the
0: fuck? Yeah, so what do you think about, about about Johnny's death here, Fox? I mean, I know like you, you don't seem pleased, but this is the major character that's been teased since six hundred or uh, since, since
1: like six twenty or so to die. Basically, this is I it. Know. Johnny's dead. It was a really beautiful way to go. I mean, yeah, I, I, I felt yeah. like it was very touching, like the entire way that they sort of led up to it. I don't want to let him go. I always think that it's. I, I'm also the same person who's like, story's got to end at some point, so you know mixed feelings man i thought it was very well done though yeah i love that montage
0: of johnny reflecting on his life as the claws inch forward that's so good it's really great is and i love colin mcneil's art in here i mean just like with chopper he does this really amazing job of having this violence that also like kind of like causes emotion i guess yes like It's not like fun violence like they're going for in Harlem Heroes. It like it it really makes you feel like, oh, like, look at like, man, that's that's
1: that's terrible. I feel bad about this (laughs) in a a, a good way is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, uh, I'm getting a feel for for Farrell, I guess. He's not douchebag Farrell as much. It's changed a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean,
0: honestly, this is something that's been planned um, since way, way back, you know, um, it's sort of an elephant in a room, which I didn't mention because I didn't want to sort of tip my hand for it. but part of why Ascara left uh, Johnny Alpha was because of this plan to kill him
1: basically. Oh my God. Yeah, like, I, mean, you know, I would have been pretty pissed. It's like you took away like his character effectively.
0: Yeah, I mean Ascara has a very deep connection to Johnny Alpha. I think he's he's called him his son in like later interviews yeah. and stuff like that. And so this idea of killing him he was just like, no, I'm listen, do what you want. I guess I can't stop you, but I'm I'm off this project, you know. Jesus, man.
1: Um, I mean, he and left to he, go to another comic book company just to do it in a sense. I mean, he just moved. Up, I mean, he he, yeah. he mostly moved over to Dread and did a lot of Crisis stuff
0: and things oh, like I meant that. When, as well. uh, f-
1: when they picked up Johnny Alpha, uh, oh yeah, he, had, he was working for another. Company, well, then, right? He, oh no, not another to, company. Another he group. left
0: 2000 AD for Star Lord, I think, because they sort of ran some McMahon dreads instead of Ascara dreads mm-hmm. to start off. Even though he created the character and stuff, mm-hmm. so then he went to Star Lord and created uh, Johnny Alpha, right? And then sort of when they merged back, he kind of came back. But it was year, you know, it wasn't until eighty two or something that he did more, um, more dread. You know, yeah, it was very stalwart with with Johnny Alpha and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very like you know very just a series of escara can like you know work in <laughs> two thousand a d despite Ugh, being God. done done kind of dirty by them you know,
1: no um, doubt <laughs>
0: So and I and I will say that 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 knowing Johnny dies at the end does cast a you know you can see foreshadowing in some of these earlier adventures in the in the Simon Harrison run as well. I'm thinking especially stuff like uh like Zombie Wolf and other things like that. Yeah. You know, God, that's very gotta big gotta parts fuck with of it. Durham at the very least, it's got to fuck with everybody. I mean, Johnny Alpha was was you know top tier hero. bounty hunter and friends with all these people, plus a hero of the mutant people and all that stuff you know Man, we'll see they better build a goddamn statue that's all i gotta <laughs> say <laughs> totally so i'll let you know fox just what's going on with johnny alpha because you talked about bringing him back and obviously with comic books that's the first thing on everybody's mind right someone seems to have died when do they come back um I'll let you know like you know I read the first thousand progs and when I finished it Johnny was well and truly dead he wasn't coming back no way like no one even oh. talked about it um, but when I started reading new progs again in 2016 Johnny Alpha was alive and kicking and fine okay um, I don't know how Johnny comes back to life for the record um, that's oh, I that's know he interesting. does but it happens in this bunch of progs that I don't I haven't read so I don't know what's gonna go on we'll find oh, out that's together that's exciting yeah, yeah, think, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are some of these some of these mysteries that I think we're gonna, yeah, that I'm I'm really excited for all, for both of us to to read for the first time.
1: You know, oh, that's so killer.
0: Like I'd say I'd say that and the end of Nemesis are my two um, big undiscovered things that I know Ooh. about right now. Otherwise, it's just a lot of stuff that I haven't read at all that I'd really like to read, like certain thrills and things like that. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I'm re- yeah, again, this is this is a sad moment and a real and a real end of an era for 2000 yeah, AD, I no think. Doubt. Sort of so you know, I think it's a, a, God, a big signpost think. of things to come. It's like killing off fucking Judge Dredd, man. It's very close to it, for sure. I mean, this is you know, Johnny Alpha's the like the that second face on the 2000 AD um, Mount Rushmore, you know? Yeah. Although, I mean, h- uh, when you think about Judge it, Dredd, I mean, Johnny
1: Alpha and uh, Deacon from the Harlem Heroes, Go to hell. (laughs) All right, let's move on
0: to non
1: thrills, covers, and nerve centers. Let's talk about them ripped jeans, bro. Listen, boots with the fur. Drug
0: 604. Airstrike. Steve Dillon draws Slice the New Harlem Heroes. Throw it an arrow
1: ball. Woo! Lack of future sports. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for reminding me.
0: <laughs> yeah. In the nerve center, Thor gives the lineup of Revolver, which we might talk about someday. It's only seven issues for the record. Um,
1: yeah.
0: There's pictures of an extremely booby uh, Judge Dish. Who? Who? A character that apparently comes from a zine here in the states, thanks to friend of the show Stephen Ross, who actually knew the guy that that drew that zine and this character, decided to just submit it to 2000 AD uh, randomly, and Why? and a uh, uh, judge armored Gideon as well. Yeah. <laughs> Letters include a retelling of the ring verse from Lord of the Rings, but about the Rosette of Ceri- of Sirius. Um, you know, like you know, one ring to rule them all and the darkness bind them, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which is, of course, Th- Tharg's headpiece and general high praise for Tharg himself. Mid John Brosnan has a flicks column all about the movie Dick Tracy. Yeah, he really uh, goes all in on that one. Seriously, yeah. To me, Dick Tracy always f- felt like an art house movie trying to pretend to be a popcorn uh,
1: blockbuster, and yep. thus is deeply weird, you know? It's, like it's it's very strange it is not the m- easiest movie to watch
0: yeah because you hear all this stuff about like having it about it, it like having like this weird color theory like we're only using seven colors in the same shades over and over again and stuff yeah. and it's like it doesn't
1: have to be this deep you guys it really doesn't <laughs> like <laughs> and also it's dick tracy your material is not like i don't know well like i mean he's D- D- fine it's
0: funny because Brosnan mentions that, like, no one in England has heard of Dick Tracy. And I got to admit, I hadn't, I hadn't really heard of Dick Tracy when the movie came out. I sort of learned about it from mm. the movie. My newspaper didn't have – you know, my local paper didn't have the the, the strips or anything. Mm. Um, whatever Prague ends with a star scan by zach sandler of an extremely snobby tharg in front of a version of michelangelo's the last judgment which is the painting on the wall of the sistine chapel but there's a it's a big where's waldo basically of 2000 ad characters (laughs) uh swapped in you know pretty rad I can see like an acid Archie, a Walter, Blackhawk Chopper, Sparks Hi- Harvey Rotten, Harry 20, Mantra, Dark Judges, Mean Machine, DR, and uh, Judge Cal, among others, hidden in there. It's a fun, Jesus. like, little kind of word search thing if you can find a high res copy of it. Brug 685, home run. Uh, Charles Ascara draws the Dead Man Dread driving a jalopy. Here comes the judge. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> The inside cover is another revolver ad here. And mid-prog, there's a star scan of Armored Gideon by Simon Jacob as Frank White dodges for cover in the foreground. Yeah, definitely. Love this Gideon. There's a mix column by music droid, semi-fictional music droid Roxilla. I've heard a few of these songs um, and some of you made it on our show actually, like uh, The Power by Snap. Um, and the, there's mention of a, of a Black's Magic, the album by a Salt and Pepper, which included "Let's Talk About Sex," mm-hmm. as well as some Depeche Mode and other bands, including yeah. including Nightser Ebb, which I learned about from a Bradley comic, and very much shows the uh, the Mackenzie hand in writing these things. Um, but then just a lot of stuff that, that's largely forgotten. I think the nerve centers on the back inside cover this week, and Tharg is going hard for a revolver. There's pictures of a judge, Prince Charles, and a pretty good, just sort of regular old mongrel picture. Letters ask for more nemesis, compliment the Prague in all caps, mention that that stained glass window uh, cover from Prague 678 was a reference to similar works by artists uh, Gilbert and George, which I thought was pretty interesting. I hadn't heard of those guys. Though it seems the writer missed the Warhol dreads in Prague 666. Um, other letters ask h- how Chopper fared at the end of Super Surf 11. And we'll find out what the graphic novel collection is published soon. And then finally, there's an ad for Deadline 20 with yeah. Tank Girl hanging out in a vaguely psychedelic forest. Seems uh, seems pretty
1: par. These ads for Deadline are making me really want to check it out. Like, I got to find that sometime. I mean, yeah. It's making me want to read it too. I, yeah. I mean, I you know. And we'll it, find you. Who, yeah, who's Jimmy to say Hewitt, what the right? future might hold yeah 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 definitely
0: yeah he'll, he'll 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 be coming around pretty soon actually yes around product 700 yes um, So now we got a really amazing cover here by Colin McNeil as Johnny Alpha, Wolf, Middenface, and the Gronk all stand back to back against all their enemies from the history of the comics. I see Mm. the Weird Brothers, Satan, Mr. Sun, Mr. Moon, one of those rock ladies, Bad Bubbo, among others. I love these big group covers where they just have everybody in one spot. Exactly. Um it's really great. It's really ominous for what's gonna happen to these to this good bounty hunter boy in the pages, though. Um, and I gotta say, like, this is like this is one of these things, these histories of Johnny Alpha, which makes me very excited for the Star Lord a thon where we're just gonna learn a ton about these early like bounty of the week johnny alpha stories hell yeah we're we're recording this the the week before that we do that so you know it's gonna be a whole different a whole different world after this oh Uh, man just to set things in time i guess um yeah tharg warns about a shock this prog indeed there's a picture Mm. of slain drawing washing on his horn (laughs) guard God, god hand um horns and the letter writers are all females this week. One asks yeah. whether there aren't more letters from Earthlets. Another criticizes the end of shadows. A third adding the definition of the huh. word Barton, which appears to be a um, large area growing barley. And a fourth oh. has, is having trouble securing 2080 regularly because they are a biker.
1: Boo! Comment oh, for bikers! What? Yeah, support your local chapters. Definitely,
0: uh, mid Prague. There's a full-page ad for the Dick Tracy movie, including several Tracy comic book collections. Um, there's one called Big City Blues, which reminds me of that old of that uh, old Bad City Blue thrill in 2000 AD. Oh, yeah, mid Prague. There's an ad for Slain coming in Prague six eight eight next episode, and a comic book club called Albion Literature, as well as a giant paintball course called Electroverks. <laughs> Mid-prog, there's also an ad for the John Frankenheimer movie, The Fourth War, starring Ron Scheider and future Judge Griffin, Jürgen Jurgen Prock now. Do not know and, this. you know, this is just sort of some random, like, I think this is one of the first, oh, like. It's canon? Like, post-Cold War, like, um, war movies, kind of. Like, you know. But like, it's canon r- films? Yeah, listen, got to put these out here, man. Do these action movies. Oh, I'm movies. not
1: seeing a canon film. Then Get that-
0: schlocky. Because, like, you know, this one just feels like one of their random ones, you know, as opposed to, like, you know, it, it, it's not like a sequel. There's no ninja in the cover. It's all dudes, so there's probably not a lot of titillation or anything like that, you know. This is one of the also-rans, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. It's the difference between Scheider and uh, Van Damme, I guess. There's also an ad for wow. the Rogan Gosh story and Revolver. He's hot. He's Hindu. And the back cover wow. of the prog is more Strontium Dog bad guys, including the Styx, Max Bubba, the Four Horsemen from the Journey to Hell story, and a trio of troll monsters that look not unlike Tharg. And it's just the whole thing again, just, just glorious. Mm. Prague 687 Another double cover here so Will Simpson draws Friday on, um, With the battlefield blues God, Looking rad Definitely standing tall on an abstract battlefield And on the back cover we've got the wreckage Of a hover tank and various skulls In the nerve center Thurg mentioned that there's a ballot For this year's Eagle Awards in the Prague. Why not fill it out? Come on um, There's pictures of Drudge dreadfully drawn It's hard to disagree At the very Arkham Asylum Judge Joker big yeah. like, v-shaped smile you know real creepster letters have high praise for colin mcneil and strontium dog another's grossed out and delighted by indigo prime and a third can't get their thoughts straight to write this letter oh jeez uh, Mid-Prog is an ad for more 2080 collections inclu- and a new thrill called Dry Run. No thanks. Uh? And a ballot for the Eagle Awards. We'll find out next episode. Um, oh, no. <laughs> note that there are British and American sections for the Eagle Awards. And the Prog ends with a full-page color ad for Purple Days, the Revolver story about Jimi Hendrix.
1: All right. Cool. Now,
0: definitely. Excuse me while I thrill for Metavac
1: 318. <laughs> All, <right. laughs> All along the racism
0: tower. Ooh, we're talking about Lion Men. Um, yeah. Uh, thrill f-
1: yeah. Script robot Hillary Robinson, art robot Nigel Dobbin, learning robot Tom Frame. They don't want... Any association with the word man, man. On the planet Arcturus, a protest by the Anti-Terran League
0: has been dispersed by the police with riot gas. But instead of leaving the protesters, make their way to
1: the Terran embassy (laughs) with murder in mind. We gave them the anger gas, not the dispersion gas. Oh, no.
0: They throw rocks and break windows as some kind of mouse alien waits in the lobby. On the roof, the Terran ambassador gets aboard
1: a helicopter, but he wants to wait for
0: his staff officer. There's no time.
1: Man, that mouse man's body is so much bigger than his head.
0: Yeah. In the embassy, the mouse man pulls a gun on the protesters. Rioters now, I suppose. But someone (laughs) throws a rock at him and hits him in in the forehead, and then the crowd is upon him. What the fuck, man? The helicopter takes off as protesters throw bombs into the embassy. And the police arrive as they go off. It's not clear, but I think the ambassador's helicopter explodes here as well. It, you don't really yeah, see it. Yeah,
1: it, it seems to be kind of like off off camera more than anything. Yeah. I don't know how it happened, though. Definitely, me either. The
0: mouse man lies bleeding on a stairway as a rescue chopper does a flyby. He's still inside the em- If he's still inside the embassy, he's dead anyway as shadows fall over the mouse. Oh. No. The... Um, a couple Arcturans find the mouse guy and take them with him, w- with them as they leave the burning embassy. aboard Medevac 318 administrator, John Rybat, who's an alien, announces oh, yeah. that they are arriving on Arcturus and the planet's off limits to Terran's staff. And the ambassador has been murdered, embassy burned, etc.
1: Time for some psychic discussion about what the F is going on down there, man. Yeah, these two folks that are members of the Federation, a psychic lady and an
0: Arcturan, both—I don't remember their names—wonder um, um, if they have a team there, but instead of just one agent named Lem. Uh, Rybat calls all non-Terran ambulance staff to his office right away. Including From the what- maintenance crew, because they are also licensed to fly. Definitely. From what these guys are saying, I, I'm assuming that Lem is the mouse dude. There's only mm-hmm. six alien ambulance staff in Ryback's office, and that's enough for one ambulance team. Um, they get the, sh- you know,
1: and sort of they, they take an ambulance from our buddies from the previous Medivac 318 stories. And for whatever reason, they're kind of like goofed off about it. I'm like, what? Why is anyone upset? There's a clearly a problem down there with what with the race riots. I just think they, you know, they don't want someone else to drive their ambulance.
0: They just got the seat the way they want it, and they no, they, they might not
1: with... their ambulance. They might dude. they might mess with their
0: radio stations, buddy. I can't, you know, <laughs> mess with my presets. You mess with me, <laughs> man. The all right? man, crew always listens to you know polka. I hate that crap. One guy is like five is like four feet tall, so he pulls the seat all the way forward. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> Anyway, um, the planet's off limits to Terrans, and they're in the process of evacuating the few that are actually on the planet now, which is what the ambulances are for, basically. The psychics try to reach rent, try to reach Lem, but it's no dice, and I'm really stumbling with everybody's name right now, but I don't want to go back and check them, Fox. I refuse That's, to do so. Don't do it, man. <laughs> they're furries. It's fine. It's their job to tell me these characters' name when we restart the thrill. Um, <laughs> In the ATL base, Lem responds to Perry's, we we learn at this one, to the the Lion Dude's second call, but the but um he also sends the pain of his wounds up with it. The Which, two communicate. Come on, man. Yeah. Lem is tied to a bed in a brick room, and one of the Arcturans pulls a gun and asks who he is when he wakes up. Lem says he's a filing clerk named Sander, and these Arcturans have saved his life, but he does have a few broken ribs. Refused to answer any questions, but he clearly wants to be, you know, released and, you know, not be a prisoner anymore. Mm-hmm. One of the arc, yeah, one of the Arcturans, the male, I guess, goes into a rant about how Terrans think they're so great, and Lem <laughs> makes a point that the anti Terran League will only cause more bloodshed. The female Arcturan tells the male, Darl, um, or she keeps Darl from hitting Lem in response, and Perry tells Lem the situation, but he thought the amb- – and uh, Lem thought the ambassador got away. I did too. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone seems to be confused about the whole thing anyway. Definitely. Lem thing, uh, thinks they're going to ransom him and says not to pay. Perry agrees because he's going down to free Lem himself. This seems like a good idea mission. Ooh, definitely. Everybody knows that uh, freelance undercover missions always end well, folks.
1: Well, and <laughs> like because they, they haven't really – Uh, expressity I think they said it lightly so far there are psychic cops down there oh yeah
0: Perry prepares to go undercover putting on Arcturan garb and some borrowed earrings to be all fancy Um, it seems Perry feels responsible for Lem being in this situation and they can't wait for other sides to arrive and help so the psychics share a tender moment and back on the planet Lem is having trouble breathing on the bed the female Arcturne helps him sit up and breathe a little bit easier. She explains they found him on the pavement having been beaten. She doesn't really support the ATL, but Daryl does, and that's enough for her. They debate the war a bit, and then we cut to a local Arcturne police station where a lion cop has picked up some psychic whisperings in the area. He'll be able to pinpoint them
1: soon, and that seems like bad news, but I'm not sure why. Next time! <laughs> Thinking out loud. So they said this a little bit uh, in like the first or second. They just don't really revisit it. So psychics on Lion Planet are considered, like, that's considered a defect, and the Ah. only way to clean it is by murdering them to death. Nice. I like Um, that. That's a good way to handle it. Yeah, that seems like a good way to handle this aberration. And she's like, oh, that's so barbaric. And he's like, yeah, but you guys did, or she's like, oh, but we killed witches and psychics too at one point. Whatever, it didn't matter. All you got to know is that there are cops that are specifically trained to listen for psychics and then fucking murder those psychics. Lion Planet seems like a fucking really <laughs> shitty place to be. Definitely, yeah. Definitely good info for next episode as well. Hmm. Hmm.
0: But uh, what you call it, buddy? <laughs> speaking of uh, people from beyond the stars learning terrible secrets. Oh, there we go. Yeah.
1: Speaking of someone in need of a medevac, Fox. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> he gets one kind of at the end. Yeah. Let's go to Thrill 5, Rogue Trooper. Sometimes, man, you just got to talk to a weird nude guy and meet your dad. And man, some of the things that happened in the first two progs, I don't understand too well. But I just agree with what happened.
0: Hey, sometimes you feel like a clone, sometimes you don't, buddy.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm definitely more of a Mounds man myself.
0: <laughs> Script robot Dave Givens, art robot Will Simpson, learning robot Bambos, Georgiou. We're back with the war machine and these title pages. This time, just kind of a sci-fi vault opening up. Genetic infantryman Friday is getting an info dump about the war as he does stuff around this central command chamber of the high side base on some moon. Um... The computer knows everything about the war except why it's being fought. And then the computer gets confused suddenly as Friday wonders what's up with Cavill owning everything in the first place. I mean, come mm. on. When a figure
1: enters the room, it's Clavel himself. Oh, yeah. is yeah. Wait, who's leaving? It was like a whole who's on first thing. Yeah. You're for a second leaving, there, but funny. you're already inside. I don't what that in or out. <laughs> He's got the voice
0: and face of a genetic infantryman. Oh, it's Daddy. Yeah.
1: Daddy Clavel. He's got kind of a sci-fi suit, lots of black, built-in tie, extra pockets. He do demands- like three little pips on his on his jacket to denote that he's the CEO definitely building his own pc all muscularly
0: um no one's gonna remember that but um he demands friday's unit and number but friday just pulls his gun on him and demands answers why
1: yeah it seems like a pretty good like question to ask at that point yeah clavel seems
0: confused but then laughs at him and he explains (laughs) listen buddy (laughs) humanity did pretty well but it stopped you know there's a giant galaxy out there and we you know we colonized maybe 20 planets. but we got to keep going all right there's there's like a billion come on like everyone was so weak and stagnant that i managed to buy all that shit up you know um, and because of that we need to get innovating and nothing innovates like war so we sort of created two factions of north and south controlling both sides and had them start fighting and it worked massive expansion in technology including biotech which reached and uh, cloning and stuff with which, which reached its apotheosis in the GIs but Now the war is over. It's time to pick up the pieces, digest these new um, innovations, and the GIs are obsolete. So put down your gun,
1: because I'm the boss of you, and Friday does so. He's like, oh, man, I wish you weren't the boss of me now, and I wish you weren't so big. Yeah, but he is.
0: Clavel calls security to take Friday away, and Friday is in the middle, you know, he's he's going full RoboCop here, trying to overcome his programming to take uh to take down a corporate leader that is ordering his death and destruction, you know. <laughs> very, very reveal of the hidden fourth prime prime um prime directive here, you know? Oh. <laughs> um Clavel calls Friday a mad dog, but they'll use whatever quirk in his genetics,
1: make him that way for clones doing hazard stuff, and then eradicate it from our clone slaves. You know, um, I really, you just need to work on that naming there. Slave workers is always going to sound bad when it comes out of your mouth. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's, you know, you're pulling that old uh, call, me, call me Kenneth where you, just should, you shouldn't say that you're a fan of Hitler as you do your evil stuff. Yeah, you, know? you just need to keep a book of his speeches on your nightstand. Ooh, political. Um,
0: (laughs) um, Friday managed to break free, though, as Highside starts to malfunction. He runs but stops to explain that sort of while Highside was dropping a bunch of info, he spent a bunch of time filling the computer system full of combat acid and explosives (laughs) and stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, combat acid. It fucks things up. Apparently, even high side i mean that feels like the purpose
0: of it like it's there to like you know allow you to sabotage a tank or something like that That would be tough Mm -hmm. but you put the acid in there it messes it up yeah and then you back it into you know say a big facility yeah he's destroyed yeah he's put some bombs in there for fun he's destroyed clavel's information system and uh, crippling
1: him the war is over and you lost you can escape and live if you want but the machine is done Yeah, man, you're not going to get any of that sweet information now because I guess you didn't send it before. You're only going to send it in one big ass burst. Seemed real dumb. Listen, man, this is the problem of having a future based in 1990. There's no cloud, you know, no one thinks about it. (laughs) It hasn't been past invented yet. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that's really what they should have been making the whole time.
0: I mean, it's very much one of these things where, um, you know, there's what the information exists in one place and it's on this three and a half inch floppy drive, you know, (laughs) like whatever. Um. So amazing clavel draws a gun shoots at friday wing him as security forces finally uh, go go to blow the door to get in to join him clavel shoots wildly but when the but when the door blows open it sends acid all over the place and now clavel's got his own robocop situation to deal with
1: as he melts down to monstrousness it's a good thing that there wasn't a car driving through here else he would have just exploded Good uh, double RoboCop bookend
0: for I know. this proc. So lovely. <laughs> um, as Friday sets... Uh, uh, at the window, Friday sets a grenade and escapes into the low-G atmosphere. The base explodes behi- uh, behind him. Tremors from the explosion of the base are finally starting to stop. As a massive holocaust. Engul- engulfs it. The war machine has been destroyed. Cool. Friday. Friday thinks this is enough. Enough destruction, enough death. He wants to choose life wants you to wake him up before you, before you go-go. To do that, he's got to escape this, uh, this moon
1: that he's on. Literally keeping him hanging on like a yo-yo. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Friday picks up radio chatter as he moves around the
0: moon base, but nothing on the security frequency that the bosses use. He sees soldiers and engages them, shooting their airlines, so they'll stop chasing him to tend to each other. He humans oh. decide to just chalk this up as an accident and
1: run away. I mean, you know, he's just went through this whole thing about life, not death. But all right.
0: But no, I mean, but I think that's why he sort of winged this guy. Uh, You know, instead of just killing him, he just shot them in such a way that they'll both live. But they just stopped chasing him, you know? Yeah, that's fair. He gets closer to this linear accelerator, this mass driver that once shot him into battle. He goes to ride this cannon once more. And the, the base, Yeah. And the techs in the base are preparing to shoot it again because they've just been sort of shooting these supplies down to the planet regularly. And they're going to keep doing it until they get orders to stop. The accelerator powers up and Friday times and leaps. He's going to
1: catch this shuttle as it goes. It's a leap of faith. Come on, catch a ride. Uh, <laughs> opens it up, dumps out all of the like necessary supplies that were for other people. Yeah, jumps in this uh, capsule. I love how his narration
0: gets staccato as he like opens the hatch, dumps everything out, and climbs back aboard. Mm -hmm. Um, aboard the capsule he finally has time to rest and passes out a bit letting his wounds and exhaustion get to him he remembers his dead friend that woman Gaia he met before he enters the atmosphere, braces for impact, he's not a soldier now he's in control of his own actions for control of this planet he finds himself on he lands hard but survives and reveals what we guessed in the previous stories this planet four Sigma 3 is Earth and he's learned the secret of his name now. He's not unlucky like Friday the 13th. He's not a servant like Friday and Robinson Crusoe. He's a Friday job, a rogue item produced by a careless worker. That's what he is, Fox. A rogue trooper. Yeah! yeah! Single-minded, uniquely motivated, proud to fight hard and die well for the humanity inside us all. The
1: only war worth winning. The end of the war machine. Oh, man, it was rad. I was really hoping he would, like, crash land his thing onto the island where Gaia was. (laughs) That would be cool. But I think she will come back later in the story.
0: I I think generally this could have been better as one big story, I guess. Like, if it had gone (laughs) from... 650 to six fifty uh, to 64 or whatever—that's strong big chunk. I mean, that might have meant no chopper until later, which I'm, I would also have liked to get as soon as possible. But you know, that's well, how yeah. it goes, I guess. Um, Friday will return with Harlem Heroes' own Michael Fleischer on the writing desk oh. and Ron Smith on pencils and inks in January of next year. Okay,
1: that could be interesting. <sighs> ups and downs, ups and downs uh, God, for Friday. This poor. <laughs> series listen like
0: at very least much, got one very much the epitome of 19 of the 1990s this uh Friday Rogue Trooper you know um whatever um, oh my but god but with that Fox uh, we have finished our coverage of these progs 684 to 687 and I have one question for you my friend oh what were your top and bottom
1: thrills tell me you must know I know you must I know, know. So, my man, I'm going to give this, this is my special, my special honorary nod. And don't, don't no one get up too upset. Judge Dredd gets my nod. It's like, it's so mm. fucking good. And I love that Magruder's back. And I love that there's a Necropolis. And you all know how much I like Necropoli. But my God, how could I not trust John team talk? Yeah. I wasn't fucking expecting it. It was really beautifully done. I'm really fucking sad. Uh, Like, I don't even know where you go from here. I'm interested to see what they do. Um, It was just a really... Yeah, it was dark and sad and ominous. And then really awesome because they just blew up a bunch of people that I fucking hate. They did it in the most awesome way possible with the spaceship that also exploded. Full of people that... We're probably also really... It's just such a good story, man. It's such a good story. And I just... I love the way... And this is immediately what I wanted to do. Uh, The way that, you know, uh, McNulty sort of signs off. He's like, come on. Let's go get drunk. Yeah, definitely. That's that's the proper response to this. Yeah, there's nothing to do... Nothing to do but that. Have a wake for your friend, basically. Yeah. I mean, fuck. Um... As for my bottom, it's Harlem Heroes. Of course, it's Harlem Heroes. We don't really need to give it more screen time on that one. Um, the rest are quite good. Like I'm I'm digging Medivac kind of. Um mm-hmm. there's still a bit more that I want to get out of that, and of course Rogue is, is fucking beautiful in all ways, but not a topper. Yeah. Uh so Conrad, I've Yo. told you my deepest fucking feelings here about things. Ooh. And now I need you to get deep into your own self, and then push that into me deeply, so that I understand.
0: <laughs> what I don't know were if you're ready for that right now, else? buddy.
1: I know, I know your medical situation.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, I mean, like you said, Judge Dredd real good. I love Magruder's return. I love this. I love this transition of the city to to a mm. necropolis. Mm. In truth. I think that's really great. Medivac 318, interest to see where it goes. So much intrigue in these different characters and stuff like that. Um, This really feels like an actual drama, I guess, which is unusual for 2000 AD. I'm I'm, I'm very excited about it. Um, Rogue Trooper's fine. Like, I thought it was pretty good. Again, Mm -hmm. like... I'm really feeling there's just the fact that it's been cut up so much that really killed a lot of its momentum. I would have loved if we just had one uncut series from the start to the end, you know, to really make this like, you know, because the story starts with Friday being sort of created on a Friday right at the end of the day and stuff like that. And so to have those really be specific bookends right at the, you know, connect to each other would have been really neat, I think. Um, but for my actual tops and bots, um I gotta agree with you, buddy like, solidarity no, yeah, no choice, you know um. This end of Strontium Dog is really great, you know, and just the way that it links into the history of the character, um, just all of this like, like, like reflection on the nature of being like this bounty hunter and the life that Johnny Alpha led and stuff is really cool. I really like sort of just the idea of it setting up for sort of some, f- some f- future adventures for some of these mutants and stuff. That's really neat. Um and yeah, like honestly, I just love Colin McNeil doing doing the this kind of thing. I think oh yeah, he, it was gorgeous. He he draws like this tragic violence better than anybody else. I think absolutely. <laughs> that really kind of brings things to life and really brings out the emotion that I don't think a lot of people could do when the emotion's based around like getting ripped
1: apart by a demon monster or something. <laughs> yes, I think that that is an accurate assessment.
0: Yeah, and bottom Harlem Heroes, man. Like you know, I got a policy, and you gotta be <laughs> and you're gotta be to it. Pretty bad for to usurp Harlem Heroes, and nothing reaches that standard for me this time. So.
1: <laughs> So you time know. to whip that boy. You can't you can't sit with us, Harlem Heroes? <laughs> I don't like you. Go over to the other table and hang out with the nobody else. Yeah, that's right. Go chill with Angel and Death Planet. You oh bastard. yeah, definitely with Death Planet. Let's go see what 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 Rick Random's having for lunch. Oh my um. god. <laughs> yeah, why don't you go to his giant floating swim orb and figure out why Skull Chest did it. Oh my God, Skull Chest, but he was the one that was killed in the first place. I know. Oh, it was actually, he wasn't dead the whole time. Thanks, Rick Random. Oh my God. All right.
0: All right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Bin in 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or Spotify, or a podcast site, in 2000com Feel free to contact us at SpaceSpinner2000 at gmail.com, the 2000AD forums, or our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter. We're at SpaceSpinner2K. For everything else, look up SpaceSpinner2000, and we should be there. This show is brought to you by Steve Green and the fine folks the 2080 forums. If you like our show, you can join them and get more content, plus access to shows before anyone else, by checking out our Patreon page. Patreon is a membership platform that easily allows you to support our show and for us to send you rewards for doing so. Please check us out at patreon.com slash that's our podcast network, and support us. There's a variety of rewards for a variety of budgets, and we'd really appreciate it. Then, join us on Friday as we check out a unique feature of 1990, which is the 1991 Rogue Trooper Annual. Whoa. It's a Fleischer Palooza as we get a quartet of stories about our new friend Friday and a frankly shocking amount of text pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Come back next time as Necropolis, Harlem Heroes, and Medevac all roll on. We get two new thrills the largely forgotten Dry Run and the very well remembered Slain the Horn God, Part 3. Wow. All right. Sounds fun. Yeah, it's gonna be good. And until then, I'm Conrad, he's Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Splendid for
1: three!